All right, well, good evening. We're glad that you've chosen to join us. Um, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that we can um, come to you and that we can spend time um, looking at your word and being encouraged by it and challenged by it. We pray that our time um, of worshiping you through spending time in prayer would be honoring to you and that it would uh, challenge us in our own personal prayer lives. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to share my screen with you. And then I did a little bit of changing to how this all works um, to try and see how this goes. So there we go. Let's read Psalm 16. Um, I'm going to see if I can just volunteer a couple of you. Um, Dale, would you like to read the first four verses, Dale Clark? Um, Richard Nickel, could you read verses 5 and 7? And then um, Scott Mastin, could you read verses 8 through 11 of Psalm 16? You know, unmute. Am I muted? Yes. Okay, let's begin. <laughs> Go ahead. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on, on the earth, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another god. Their drink offering of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. Go ahead, Richard. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen upon me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in shoal, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. All right. So that's Psalm 16. Um, as we work our way through it, what are some words or ideas that you maybe see repeated as we work our way through the text? Um, you can unmute yourself, and then once you're done talking, it works best if you mute yourself again. He says, um, you, referring okay, to yeah. Lord, or Lord, or you, throughout the thing. Yeah, yeah, you have a lot of repetition of the idea of you or of Lord. Good.
what is what is commanded to the people or what is commanded uh or what is he asking for maybe that's a better way to say it what is what is the psalmist asking for Don't everybody answer at once. So in verse one, what is the psalmist asking for? All right, so he's asking God to preserve him, okay? For in you I put my trust, okay? So uh, thinking about key ideas or words that are repeated, you have uh, a lot of personal pronouns. So my, um, all the way throughout, uh, you was mentioned in the verse four has this emphasis on there. Um, once again, verse seven through 10, uh, picking up on the mys, verse 10 and the ver ver first part of verse 11, you and your, and then Lord again, okay? So those are some of the, the key words. This is the command. This is what he's telling God to do for him. Preserve me, okay? The rest of it is um, explanation of who he is and how he's responded to God and how God has treated him and what he believes about God in the future. But this right here, preserve me, O God, that is the request. That is the only request in the whole psalm. The rest of it is what he has done in the past before God and what he will do in, um, in the future and what God has done for him, who he knows God to be, okay? So, oops, I forgot to make that two slides. So when, when you talk about the big idea or the theme of Psalm 16, the believer's faith in God allows a bold request, okay? Why do I say that? Look with me at verse 1, okay? The big request, the big thing that he wants to happen, he wants God to do for him, is to preserve me, okay? Preserve me, O God. Why? The cause for God to preserve him is because he is um, he is the stronghold. He is the one who has put his refuge in, okay? I have put my trust in you, okay? So when you and I live a life of faith, and we can look back and we can say, look at my past life of faith. Look at how I have demonstrated faithfulness to you. You know, this situation was presented, and I chose to live by faith. This, um, this situation was a hard situation for me, but I chose to continue to trust you. Um, I didn't understand this command in your word, and yet I chose to still live in obedience. Okay, So he's boldly approaching God. He's boldly making a request for God to preserve him in the midst of the trial that he's in. He doesn't really tell us what the trial is, but it seems like it also has something to do with death because at the end he's talking about death and um, what's going to happen to me at the end of life? What's, is God going to continue to be faithful to me? That's one of the big things that's, that's on his mind. And he's, he's coming to the conclusion that God will remain faithful. Why? Because he's been faithful and God has been faithful. And so he can trust God.
Okay, so bold, bold requests are available to a faithful believer. Okay, so um, I did not do nearly as much by way of an outline this time, um, but pretty much verses one through four, seek the Lord's pr protection as a faithful servant. Okay, so he's seeking God's protection. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. And then he's going to expound on that. He says he's put his trust in God. What exactly does that look like? Okay. He says, O oh my soul, you have said to the Lord. What has he said to God? You are my Lord. Okay. And no, it's a different use of the word Lord, right? So in verse 2, the first use is the word Lord. It's the, the name of God, okay? The second use, you are my Lord, is the word that's used to like refer to somebody as the king, the leader, the master, okay? He's saying to God, the holy name of God, he's saying to that name, you are my master. My goodness is nothing apart from you. So he's demonstrating his trust in God. God is his master and he is his own goodness that he's accomplished in life is nothing without God. And then he talks about how he has interacted with other people who are faithful before God. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. When I look at the other people around me who are faithful to God, who pursue God, who love God, those are the people that I delight in. Those are the people that I want to be with. Those are the people that I want to help. Those are the people I want to care for. And so he's looking at those things and he says, these are demonstrations. These are proofs of my faithfulness. The fact that I've gone to you for my refuge, the fact that I have put my trust in you. And so you should preserve me. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. And so now he's talking about uh, the danger that awaits those who choose not to um, follow God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. Then verses 5 through 7, he's going to praise the Lord. But it's interesting, as he's praising the Lord for the Lord's faithfulness, you continue to get aspects of his own faithfulness, okay? So it's like it's almost intermingled, where at one point he'll be like, God is faithful, and then it follows it right directly up with a statement of, I am faithful. God is faithful, I am faithful. God is faithful, I am faithful, okay? So, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, yet I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season, okay? So he's, he's praising the Lord, but you also have aspects of his own faithfulness how he will respond to god and continue to be faithful to god uh, especially highlighted in verse 7 okay then verses 8 through 11 he remains confident in the midst of the situation we don't really know exactly what the situation is but in the midst of the situation that he's in in verses 8 through 11 he chooses to remain confident in the lord's continued mercies i have set the lord always before me because he is at my right hand i shall not be moved okay therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices my flesh also will rejoice in hope for you will not leave my soul and shield nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption 
you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Okay, and so he's he's confident that in the midst of this trying situation, where he feels like, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm going to do all this, and then what about the afterlife? Is God going to continue to be faithful to me after I die? And he he really comes to the conclusion that. My flesh will also rest in hope. Why? Because God will not leave him in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So he's confident that he will indeed enjoy uh, the, the pleasure that comes with God. All right? Um. Forgot to add this slide. It was a little rushed today, to be completely honest. Um, a bunch of other stuff came up that I wasn't anticipating, and everything that I was anticipating took longer than I thought it would. So you have those days, I imagine, as well, and that was my day. Um, anyways, so application, develop a life of faithful trust, okay, which allows you in the days that you are going through trials to approach God boldly as a psalmist does, okay? But it requires, okay, his, his basis for being able to make a command. That's what he's doing in verse 1, okay? He's, he's not just simply saying, you know, pretty please, you know, God, maybe preserve me. No, it's a command. It's, it's like when you tell your child who's being disobedient, do this. That's what he's doing. He's, he's approaching it quite boldly, quite forcefully. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. The reason why he can approach God in that way is because of his faithful life, okay? Um, so that means if you and I want to be able to approach God with the same boldness that is pictured in this passage right here, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust, then we need to develop a lifestyle that demonstrates this. And he goes on and he tells us what that looks like. Um, you have said, what is he saying about God? How is he acting in response to God? How does he treat other people who delight in God? How does he treat the unbeliever? Does he delight in them? No. Instead, he does not want to deal with them, okay? Um, God is his portion, okay? So we must develop a lifestyle of faithful trust, okay? And then a life of faithfulness provides confidence in life's trials. And so that allows you then, if you have that life of, of faithfulness, that allows you then to approach the worst trials of life. For you will not leave my soul in shield, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That allows you when you have that life of faithfulness to approach even the worst trials um, with confidence and boldness that God will continue to care for you and provide for you. Any questions, comments? Y'all are really quiet today. 
I don't know if that's good or bad. All right, I'm going to stop the share then. And